Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. It is 5 o'clock on March 27th here in Israel, and I am yawning because I'm super sleepy. I got up very early this morning and got to bed very late. The clock's changed, and now we have a long Shabbat, meaning, you know, Shabbat ends 7.30, and then I have to open the secondhand store, and then just, you know, wow, before you know it, it's midnight, and you didn't even get the dishes done. Um, and that's what happens in Israel. That's what happens at this time of the year. Pesach is coming. It's like a Pesach explosion here. Um, everyone just starts running around crazy to, to buy food and clean. Scrubbing and shopping, it's like all of a sudden, we're all balabusta. You know, like we're all these big Yiddish mothers. Doesn't matter if you're good or bad in the kitchen. You've got to clean and you've got to cook and you've got to shop. And it's, <laughs> it's just unbelievable uh, what goes on here. I was just in the supermarket this morning to get like an early, you know, to get there and start getting stuff. And like it's three weeks away until Pesach and there's already no cookies, no snacks, no crackers, nothing. The shelves are empty. They only have stuff for Pesach. And it's just so funny, you know, nobody's complaining. Nobody's batting an eye. People are just going about their business, stocking up on like basically as much stuff as they can fit in their carts. It's just so funny. And it's the best part about being in Israel. It is the best part because we're all doing it together. All of Klai Israel, everyone here is basically like we're all suffering together. But it's not like a suffering, you know, because you're not alone doing this. Everyone's doing this. Everyone's eating nuts and fruit and vegetables and chicken and meat and everyone's buying matzah and you should see the different kinds of matzah you should see the different variety of matzah there's spelt matzah there's bran matzah there's whole wheat matzah there's rye matzah there's everything okay there's everything and um it it it, it is it is really the best time of year to be here and it's the best part about living here and if, if there's one thing you know that's going to get you here it's pesach because when it's pesach you never feel like a lonely jew you feel like, you know, everyone's Jewish. And it's, it's great being here. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged, every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Um, our guests are going to be on in just a moment, so let me just review a little bit about them. There was a couple, I think it was actually one girl I interviewed a year ago, maybe more, and she lived outside of, I think she lived outside of Pittsburgh, um, and she was telling me that she and her husband were coming here, and that she had a sister here, and it turned out that I know the sister, and I know her very well, and she lives in a yeshuv very close to me, so I was, I screamed on the air, I was so excited, 
And so they did come here and they're living there. And I um, called them up and we're going to have them talking to us in just a little bit. And, you know, if any of you out there are listening know of people who have been on the air and made it and for some reason we lost the connection um, and, you know, even if you have people personally with interesting stories, please reach out to me. I, I love getting mail. I, I get a lot of good mail and I get a lot of bad mail, but that would be great to hear. <laughs> I don't want people just yelling at me. And, you know, you know connect to me the, with these people because there are a lot of stories out there that I'm not catching and that all of us and all of you really should hear to, to inspire you and encourage you to, to make Aliyah. Um, and before we get them on the air, uh, tomorrow, are they there? I'm guessing not there yet. I'll just go on a little bit what I was saying um, about how this is a very frenzied time in Israel, and it's just a very exciting time, because not only is Pesach coming about, and, and you kind of do feel like a change in the air, like all of a sudden everything is green, and you hear birds, and you get, you get more sunlight, and everyone's kind of running around. Um, what, what it really is, is here, Pesach goes right, it's like an entry into summer. And everyone, even during the year, says, you know, after Pesach, after Pesach. Everything is like after Pesach. They'll do it after Pesach because after Pesach is summer. And the, the pools start opening and people start getting in shape and people start um, getting their vacations planned. And um, yeah, people change their clothing and people change their linens. And the Yachnia store, the secondhand store, we get tons and tons of clothes. People clean out their closets. Um all this type of thing happens. So right after Passover, Pesach and Passover, for those of you who aren't sure, right after Pesach is Yom HaZikaron, maybe like two weeks after, and then Yom HaAtzma'ut, Independence Day, which is tremendous here. It's such a big deal here. It's my favorite day of the year. So Israel gets into a very sad day, and then 24 hours later, very happy, high, and then it's practically summer. So um, that all kind of just starts rolling by very, very quickly. So when you enter into Passover, Pesach, which we're doing now, it's exciting because you're, you're basically welcoming, welcoming in summer and, the, and the, the warm season. And, you know, for the children, it means the end of school and graduations and a lot of people start getting married. And, you know, it's, it's very exciting. I think it's exciting everywhere in the world. But in Israel, wow, you really feel it. You really, really feel it. It's been a long, long cold winter here. A wet winter, a good winter, okay? We need it. We need the rain. We need it. But, um, you know, summer's awesome here. And uh, we spend a lot of time outside, a lot, you know. Everybody adds a pergola to their home. Everybody has shade. Everybody invests in decks. And, um, you know, people have weddings, as many of you probably know, outside. Oh, I believe our guests are here and waiting. Natalie, stop talking. All right, welcome, welcome, <laughs> Solomon and Gabby. Are you guys there? We are. <laughs> oh, God. You just heard me blathering on. I, I did a beautiful introduction for you. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Israel. Welcome to Har Chavron. I understand you're in Chivat Ma'on next to Melanie, your sister, Tsipora. Um, yep. So please tell us, you know, everything. We, we spoke, I think, a year and a half ago when you were still in America. Yeah, it was... Uh... About that year, year and a half ago, something along those lines, yeah. And uh, it's been great. We've been here for seven months. We got here August, mid-August. Mm -hmm. We're telling the seven-month line, maybe a little more. But uh, it's been great. It's been uh, it's been an interesting transition. And thank God things are going well. We had a uh, fourth baby once we got here. 
Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and he's smiling like crazy right now. <laughs> so you came over pregnant. Yeah, I came over. I, I had ten ten weeks left to go, um, and then yeah. got COVID when we got here. Um, so that was mm. fun. <laughs> mm. But Baruch Hashem, we're doing we're doing really well, and we're you know it's been a it's been an adjustment. Yeah, but yeah. a good one, yeah, especially where you good. live. Yeah, so why don't you tell us, let's break it down a little bit. I want our listeners to hear how people, you know, overcome obstacles and, and, and you know, form a life here um, like you have. Now, I think you had a big, big help because you have a family member here, you have a sister, and so you aren't, like, you know, alone. But you were living on a mountaintop, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, not basically. We are living on a mountaintop. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful where we live. It's stunning. The view, we have a view of our rod and, uh, the Jordan mountains from our, uh, near Peset from our front porch. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Quiet. Except for the the animals are very loud. But other than that, it's quiet. Right, right. Um, what is your, what was the transition like? I mean, did you do an old pond? Did you need to learn Hebrew? Did you need to find a job? Did you get the kids into school? I mean, tell us all that. The transition is still very much so happening. We've gotten to a point where we're like, okay, we, we, we are, we, you know, we're settled, you know, we're unpacked. It took, we had a whole saga with our lift getting here and it finally showed up and, uh, and we, um, I'm, I did upon, um, for, 13 or so years ago when I made Aliyah by myself and then I went back to the States and Solomon and I met and from there we got married and started our family. The Ulpan did not work out so well for Solomon. We're still hopeful that he'll get to, but he has an exciting job where he's forced to speak Hebrew and is coming home and sharing his new words that he learns every day. Um, Interesting. Why don't you tell us about that a little bit? Solomon. So, um, so at first we were just, uh, we were just getting settled in and, uh, we were, um, living off savings, like I think a lot of people do when they first get here. And, um, I got a job initially working with, um, Stockwell's birthright. And so that was fun, but it was driving to Jerusalem every day. It was an hour plus, you know, if there was any traffic or any accident, it was, uh, it was hectic to say the least. And, you know, Hashem works in funny ways. There's a, uh, there's a Refek, which is a dairy farm, which is in between Carmel and Maon. Um, and I met one of the gentlemen that worked there, and he gave me a call, said that they were looking for someone. I went in, and I've been there. Actually, this, I just finished my first week there, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's very close to home. It's a three-minute drive. Um, I am forced to speak a ton of Hebrew, so uh, within the last week, I think my Hebrew game has uh, jumped tremendously. Um, it's hard work, but it's a lot of fun. I get to be around cows all day, and uh, I do tremendously enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it's it's very different when you when you're coming to Israel. You know, you have to. One of the things when we when we first got here, and I was sitting with some people. And one of the guys told me, just straight out, he said, listen, you know, whatever societal norms you knew, forget them. Um, because it's different here. 
And he was 100% correct. You know, there are certain things that are the same, but for the most part, you have to learn to do things just slightly different. Um, but once you're able to overcome that obstacle, it makes life much easier here. And you just understand mm-hmm. that things are different. They're not what you're used to as an American. Um, but they're not bad by any stretch. It's just it's just different. So it's definitely been a challenge. And, you know, there are definitely uh, easier days and definitely some uh, harder days. But, you know, we push through the harder days by just keep on keeping on, you know. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. Excellent, excellent um, summary. And and I want to kind of dig in there a little bit. We're, we're coming on to a break, so I'm just going to give you these questions, and you can think about them during the break, if you don't mind, and just stay on a little longer with us. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, I, w- I want to know how you got your car. I want to know how you found your house. It's not the me. I don't want to know, but our listeners are going to definitely want to know. How you found your house, how you found your car, um, how you found that job at Birthright, and how exactly... When you say, oh, you ran into a guy who works at the Refit, I know how that happens in a yeshuv, but our listeners need to know. They need to know how that came about. So um, think about those. Okay. So when we come back, I, I think we're, like, the music's going to come on soon. You can, you can get into that because I'll tell you, um, even though I don't agree and it's not the case because you know this just like I do, the job market here is very strong. There's very a lot strong. of opportunity. Yeah, a lot of opportunity if, if you're willing to, you know, put on a different hat. And, and there are people who even can stay in their, in their former field. They can. Yeah. Um, but people still have this old-fashioned, they're hung up on, on making a living here, and they're just so hung up on it. And exactly, exactly what you said, you said it so well. You know, it's just you have to drop your societal... Uh, norms. Uh, there's probably a better way of saying that, but yeah, it's a different life here. It's a different society. Thing, you know, different things are expensive. Different things are valuable. Different things are important. And um, that's what you mean. And that is what is 100% true. Um, whether you're talking about a, a job, lifestyle, family, you know, sandals. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just different. Um, so we'll pick up and, and think of those questions, if you don't mind, when we get back from the break. And uh, all of you listening, please, you know, put on your, your thinking caps because you're going to learn something today with Solomon. Right? Looking forward to it. Yoki, thank you. Stay with, stay with us. I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller, and me, Matt Zucker, for a Lighten Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com.
Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Zipinski. We're continuing our talk. I gave Solomon and Gabby a bunch of homework before the break, a few questions to, uh, to, to contemplate and to give us a full analysis <laughs> so we can hear exactly how Solomon found those jobs, how you guys found your house, and our listeners can like, listen and take notes because they'll see it's doable. Uh, so let's start with the... Um, How'd you find your house? Um, so it, it really is, it's, I would say a lot of people do do a pilot trip before they come. We knew that we wanted to come no matter what to Israel. We didn't know where exactly we wanted to settle. So we actually had somebody on the ground in the north doing research for us in houses and apartments. I, got, I was in touch with several real estate agents to, um, for rentals. And then uh, we kind of were hitting a wall there, and we had my sister on the ground here, and a house in her neighborhood um, opened up. And so it just we kind of took it as divine providence that we were supposed to come here. So we had somebody on the ground here um, line everything up and put us in touch with our with our landlord, and that's that's how we got our house. But there are people there are people here want first of all the. The absorption, I want to say, from Israelis and Nepalim, or have has been phenomenal. People want to help us, so in the sense of, yeah, for sure, let me help you find a house. Um, that it, it it can happen, even yeah. without family. And right. the same goes right. for a car. We had a guy. There are there are car brokers who help people find cars, used cars who don't understand the market. And you just tell them your budget, and you know we we have a guy, Gil. He we looked at several cars, and that we found the right car for us through him, and we found him through a friend. And it's just okay. you you have to you have to network. I think, but I think that's true for the, for everywhere. No matter as sure. an adult, <laughs> you have to network. Right. Who do you know? How can you? How can you? How can I help you? How can you help me? And we just have to work together. Right. Right. But there are people, I mean, doing this as services for Parnassa. You know, they make a living doing this. And you can find yep. them on Facebook. You can find them through WhatsApp groups. You can find them through talking to people. Um, there is a lot more today than there was 20 years ago. There are a lot of Americans here. There are a lot of English speakers here. There are a lot of people who move here. And they all need the same things, you know, house, car, job, <laughs> you know, um, Okay, so so excellent, excellent. What about and this is all done? I mean, before you got here, your house and your car, correct? No, the the car was when we got here, um, and because we were, you know, typical like, oh, well, you know, we'll go to a car dealership, and you know, it's, and look, going to a car dealership is great, but when you understand the market in Israel, like again, again, societal norms, you know, cars are so. 10 times yeah, cars are very expensive here if you're buying them brand new off the lot. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're in America and you're going and you want to spend, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand, whatever it is on a new car, you can go. It's it's, it's not a you know it's, it's just very different. So when you understand the market and you're coming here, um, and you understand that you know driving a used car is, it doesn't have the same stigma here as it let's say in in the United States in certain places. I hate to say that in a negative way, but um, but there's no stigma here, you know. You realize, you know, the way some of the drivers are and the way some of the parking lots are small. You're like, you know what, I'm totally okay buying a car with a few dings in it because it's going to get dinged up. 
Um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's just not a bad thing. Now, yeah, of course, you can go and go to the car dealership and buy a brand-new car off the lot. No there question. Also, there are also leases. We decided we decided to go to buy a car in cash because we didn't want the car payment. We got out of debt before we left the States, and we don't want to go back into debt, and that's a big thing for us. So we decided to buy an older car that's going to last us a few years that was that was less expensive. But people could totally go and get a lease or or whatever they want. But the car market, like you said, some things are more expensive, some things are different. There's It, it all evens out for the most part, but um, cars are more expensive. Right, right. Okay. Um, house, car, how about that position you got with birthright? I, I didn't really hear you clearly, and so just break that down for us. So one of the things I, you know, before I moved here, and I, and I believe we spoke about it um, in our last interview, if I remember, um, one of the things that you constantly hear people say is, I can't live in Israel because I need to make a living. And then I always, like, throw out that question, like, there's millions of people living there and making a living. Like, how is it that they could do it, but you can't? You know, like, it's, right, right. it makes no sense, right? Right, right. Um, 100%. But um, oh, one of the kids just fell. Sorry. Um, so, so one of the things that um, that I that I found was a lot of people were very negative about the job market in Israel, and I didn't believe them. And then when I got to Israel, um, within days, literally within days, I was on multiple WhatsApp groups that are literally just. 24-7 posting job opportunities, 24-7. It's unbelievable. My phone was dinging constantly. Job here, job there, job here, job there, job, 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 job. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, how can someone say there's no jobs? I'm literally looking every day at 20 <laughs> right. to 25 new job postings. Like, it's literally, right. I mean, it, and it doesn't matter what field you're in. If you're a bookkeeper, if you're a plumber, if you're, it, it really did does not matter. There's, like, every single day. I mean, if you're a cleaner, for God's sake, every day right. there's job postings coming out. Um, so, you know, like, I get here and I'm like, okay, so there's tons of jobs here, right? Well, with having a new baby and everything, it was like, so I want to jump right into the workforce. I want to try and settle in, make sure everything is good with, you know, the, the birth and, and, and afterwards a little bit, you know, just make sure that I'm home helping with the other kids and doing that. But once I was ready to get into the workforce, um, a few opportunities came up. I put my resume out there. I had interviews and Something came along with Birthright, and it just sounded really fun. Um, so I took the opportunity, and I enjoyed it. I really had a good time. I was working, you know, talking to people in, in America. I was working the night hours, whatever it is. But I enjoyed it. It wasn't it wasn't bad. It gave me time during the day with my family, and then I would go to work at night. It so happens that right next to where I live, um, this other opportunity came up. And, you know, one of the things you said, like, how, how did that happen? So I happened to be someone who likes to talk to people. Um, and I was at the McCollett, um, where we live. And there was That's an the older gentleman. For anyone listening, the market. Marcolet is this, the market. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so there, there's a McCollett. So there's a market right, uh, near where we live. And I was, um, honestly, I don't even think I was getting anything. You know, most places, uh, you know, most Yeshuvim, you know, at the McCollett is where you could uh, take your cardboard boxes and your plastic bottles and things like that. So I'm pretty sure I was dropping off a bunch of uh, cardboard boxes. And I see an older gentleman there, and um, we just started talking. I said hello to him. He said hello to me. Before you know it, we were talking. 
Um, he asked me, what are you doing? And we, you know, at the time, we just had a baby. I was like, oh, I just had a baby. Oh, you know, the whole Mazel Tov thing. And I asked him, oh, what do you do? And he said, oh, I, I work at the rest at, at the at the dairy farm. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. And he took my number, and one day he gave me a call and said something had opened up. So I wanted to, uh, not that birthright was a bad job, it was a good job, but uh, I wanted to explore my options. Um, and I also wanted to be closer to home. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to work in Jerusalem, but it's a little bit of a drive. Uh, but there are tons of jobs available everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you're driving to Jerusalem, Beit Shemesh, whether you're working at the dairy farm next to where you live uh, in Kiryat Arba. I mean, there's just, there's so many opportunities, and the remote opportunities are through the roof. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's, I, I hate it when people say that there's, you know, like, I, I don't I don't know how I'm going to make money, um, but there's, there's there's just so many job opportunities available for people here in Israel. It's, it's truly amazing. Right. So it's a very old standard line that people have been repeating and repeating. And a lot of things like that have happened to um, to secular Jews or how do I say it? diaspora Jewry, you know, they have this mythical idea of, you know, people in Israel being poor, and in the 50s, yes, but today, no. Uh, you don't no. have to be yeah, poor here. All. We're not poor people, you know. It, it's not a, a chesed uh, type of country where we have our hand out because we don't have money ourselves. It's not like that anymore. People here are proud. People here make a good living. It may not ever be what an American will make, but it's good, okay? It's good. It, it really is good. Our kids are fed. Nahon, your kids have clothing, nice yeah. clothing. You can get designer this. You can get designer that. You can make more money. You can. Uh, there, there, really, there is no limit here for what you can do. Microsoft is here. I mean, there are big companies here. Uh, you Huge. can be a doctor. You can be a this. You can be a that. Plus, plus, you can, like you said, be near your family. Plus, you can work remote. I mean, like, it's so amazing here. So I don't get it either, but I think people just don't It was it. actually very surprising to us. Right before we moved here, several people told us that the, pe- the children in Israel are starving. And I, I was kind of like, well, I have friends, and I have my sister, and none of their kids are starving. I mean, there are families that are just, like, everywhere that they need to duck up. But, but like, you know, we're... Doing just fine. <laughs> Thank God. Right. Thank God. Right. Everybody, everybody's doing just fine. You know, people are starting yeah. organizations and starting businesses and yeah. doing really beautiful things here and living really beautiful lives. And there's such yeah. a willingness to help. Um, yeah. You know, strangers. You know, people hear that you're that you're in Ola Hadash, that you're a new that you you just made Aliyah, and like they like, not once as someone said to me like what what were you thinking you know they're like <laughs> welcome we're so glad you're here if there's anything i could do to help you and they and they truly mean it when they say that like they okay. truly mean it. if there's anything i can do to help you know where we live and choose where we live there's um there's a family they stay there stay with us stay with us solomon we're taking a break stay with us yep. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 
This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany's but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel, Phantom Nation, every Monday. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We are continuing our talk with Solomon and Gabby Hurwitz, who made Aliyah seven months ago and live in Har Chavron in Chivat Ma'on, which we really didn't describe too much. It is a, um, actually like, uh, there, there's a yeshuv called Ma'on, a proper legal yeshuv. And then if you keep driving down the road, and you go up this hill and you're in this pine forest. And there are about, I think, 10 families today, maybe 15 families there. That's where they live. And it's beautiful there. It's, they really do live on a mountaintop in a forest. It is awesome. Uh, I've been there several times. And we were just talking now about, um, I wanted to get into the, just the fact that everyone's been so welcoming to them is, is beautiful. Yeah, Solomon. But yeah. I wanted to stress that, you know, don't come to Israel thinking, you don't have to do anything for yourself, and you know everyone's just going to hand you, you know, hand you help. It, it's not, you know, people here are busy, people here do have families, and it's not like you're a charity case when you come here. And and to come here and expecting a handout and expecting help is a is not what uh, Solomon is trying to convey. Yeah. No, I think that anyone in Anywhere in the world, it doesn't matter who you are, where you go. If, if your intention is to go there and expect to um, have everyone do everything for you, it doesn't matter where you're going. You could be moving from Pittsburgh to Florida, and if you think you're going to make that move and, and everyone's just going to help you and hand everything to you, you're, you're not going to be successful. Um, even more so if you're moving to a different country. So I think it's important that you know people understand, you know, like just like anywhere else. You know, just just because you're coming to Israel doesn't mean you don't have to do anything anymore. Like, you still have to work. You still have to put it out there. You still have to network. You still have to, you know, you still got to do everything that you would normally do. Every community has a community WhatsApp. You go on there, where do I buy this? Where do I do this? How do I go? You know, and those things, you have questions. People answer your questions, and then you have to go do the work, you know? Like, there was a job board. My husband was on several job boards. But, you know, there was one job board that he wasn't on, and one of our neighbor, neighbors sent us all the job boards that were relevant for him, and the soft club job was actually one of those jobs that he applied for. Mm-hmm. So, in that yeah. sense, people right. are helpful. Yeah. yeah. People are yeah. people are very helpful. I mean, they'll, they'll help out in other ways also. You know, when we had our baby, we had, you know, thank God, we had, like, a week and a half of meals prepared for us. It was amazing, you know. Um, right, but like right. anywhere that you go, like you, you gotta put in the work yourself. You know the bills not gonna pay themselves, and your neighbors are not gonna pay your bills for you. It's just not gonna happen right. anywhere you go. Um, right. But your neighbors here, they're going to, uh, they're going, they're gonna help you as much as they possibly can, and point you in the right direction as much as they possibly can. Um, mm. It's, it's just a different feel. It's, it's very much a different feel, and it's truly amazing. And believe me, I know that there are amazing communities in the United States and throughout the world, amazing Jewish communities. That do the exact same thing. Just uh, when you're here, it feels different. It it really it does. It feels very different. And it's it's one of the most amazing things to be able to uh, 
wake up in Israel every day. I sometimes right. have to pinch myself. I don't believe it. Right. It is dream. It is dreamlike, you know, and, and just give it, you know, a couple of years and you're going to be like, whoa, I, I, can't, I can't believe we, we, you know, we did it. And you, you'll look back. It's just amazing. And it goes by quickly. The time goes by very quickly here. No one told me that. You know, I wish someone had told me that. You know, Natalie, when you move to Israel, just hang on to your hat because before you know it, your kid is going to be 20 years old and in the army. Like, you know, you should have warned me, people. Okay. <laughs> um, what, what can you tell us about your children? It sounds like you and Gabby have been, you know, smooth sailing all the way. You came with three kids. You had a baby. Tell me the ages of your kids, where they go to school, how the adjustments been. So we have an almost eight-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a five-month-old, Um mm-hmm. We actually are a homeschooling family. We homeschooled in the United States, and we carried it over to Israel. So our kids, our kids are not in the system here. Um, just like in the United States, we registered to become a homeschooling family. Um, I mean, it's, the process is obviously a little bit different. It's in Hebrew, um, but you can homeschool here. And that's what we chose to do. Um, so our kids were, I, we actually did speak to a lot of families that, that make Aliyah, and they, and the kids actually, kids that had made Aliyah, and it was a tiny bit traumatic for children being, like, thrown in the water. And um, So our kids are learning Hebrew very slowly, um, primarily through me and the playground and getting together with neighborhood families. Uh, but they're learning and they're they're thriving too. But we we live a very unconventional life. We live in nature. Uh, we live a very quiet, slow life. It's pretty beautiful, but uh, it's not it's not the typical the typical lifestyle where our kids are go to school. They they okay. they go to school go to school all day every day twenty four seven. Yeah, and they learn a lot. And actually, um, our eight year old. He speaks better Hebrew than I do, um, and uh, but it's amazing how fast that they that they do pick it up and they're able to uh, make the connections and. Um, That's incredible. Um, I I I really hand it to you. Um, you have a lot of strength. I I would not know how, where to start. I can play Scrabble with my kids and like games. But I don't know if I could actually uh, do a lesson. So, Kolokovo to you for doing that. I think it's great that that option is here for Olim moving to Israel. And I'm glad you're telling me about this because I'm sure there are people listening. And I have had others on the show who actually, uh, this was an issue for them. They do homeschooling in America. And they were very concerned with all the different um, issues. And they call, there's a name for it. I, I don't remember the name. I think they call it, uh, wow. When, when children have, like, problems in school, there's, like, a, a little name for this. Um, I, don't, I don't remember what it's called. Maybe special learners or special, I don't know. People with, kids with problems, difficulties. Learning difficulties, maybe it's called. It's, it's like a normal phrase. Um, you don't have to have a, a kid with learning difficulties to learn at home, you know. But what happens was, is a lot of Olin do come here. And if they live in a place like where you live or where I live, and it's all Israeli here, being thrown into the Israeli school system is traumatic. You're, you're absolutely right. And um, I've seen this happen. Some of these kids drop out of school. So um, what you're doing is actually smart. You're, 
you're doing a, a very smart thing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an inside, um, it's I, I, inside job. It's 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 working on it's working on ourselves to show up for our kids every day, you know. Yeah. And um, and and thank God it's 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 you know our kids are really happy and thriving. So we wouldn't want it any other way. That's so great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the word I was looking for, the term is is learning disabilities. Have you heard this expression? Of course you have, yeah. right? It's like a totally normal thing today. But when we were growing up, you're much younger than me, but I was born in 1970, okay? And when I was in school, there was like the special class, you know, and, every, and then everybody else. And right. there was no, they didn't use this word learning disability. They used the word, you know, dumb <laughs> or, or bad. You're either bad or dumb and in the special class. But um, there was no learning disability. There was no, uh, what's it called, Ritalin. There was no ADD, none of that. But you're saving yeah. your children a lot, a lot of hassle, and you're saving yourselves a lot of hassle because foreigners who come here really do have a hard time. I mean, kids are kids anyway. Kids have problems anyway. The most normal kid is going to have a problem with a jerky kid in school, or it's hard for them, or it's boring for them. You know, no pill is going to fix that. But just add on to that, you know, the culture change and the language, and forget it. It's hard. It's a, very, very hard. But, um, yeah. okay, call for you. I, I hope that works out well for you. And if any time you want to, or your children even want to, be in the classroom, maybe then it'll just be better to wait a year or two years, and it'll be an easy transition by then. Who knows? You never know. You never know. Yeah, yeah I mean, we came here. Blessed. I had two kids, ages two and three, and uh, we, we never kept them home, and they've been okay. You have little kids, too. What were you going to say? No, I said, uh, thank God we've been blessed with the whole situation, so. Right, right. Well, we're nearing the end here. I want to thank you both for coming on again. It's such short notice. Um, wow, that really worked out. And best of luck. And I will see you, um, you know, we're down the road. You come here to the used clothing store. I'll see you in the summer at the pool. And I'll come up to the restaurant there, Naf Naf, you know. I haven't been there yet. But oh, I my God. I know I gotta come. Of course, I'm gonna meet to come. Uh, there's a meat, a amazing meat restaurant on their issue, and we only have a pizza place, so you guys trump it us with that. You the do. best old beef I have ever had in my life. Uh -huh. It is amazing, insane. It's so good. It's a place for an anniversary, Nahon. Like, it's serious. a place. Sure. Yeah. If they're putting on a concert, like or something like that. It's 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 really an experience. Yeah. But we have awesome. more. We we oh. joke that we live in Kavatmon and there's everything here. Like we have a butcher right. here. We have eggs here. We have we have goat milk here. We have the, the we get our we can have our groceries delivered. Um, yeah. There's a there's a spa here. There's a restaurant. It's like it's, yeah, it's, it's we live in the middle of the no, nowhere, but it's really quite a quite a, yeah. an experience. Yeah, I used to say, yeah, I used to say it's like a high, it's like a low standard of living, but a high quality of life. And yeah. I think I'm wrong uh -huh. because it's actually now a high standard of living in, in some ways, too. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and we, yeah. you know, yeah, we're, mm -hmm. yeah. we're 20 minutes from Magata We go there, we go there at least once a month um, with our kids. And that's, a, a, you know, just amazing. That we, that's, that's what we get to do. As our family outing. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, Yofi, have a great Pesach, your first Pesach in Israel. It'll be special, I'm sure, all of you together. And thank you again for coming on the show. 
Yeah, thank you. I'm just going to say one more thing. If there's anyone out there that has any questions and they want to talk to me, you can definitely pass them along. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions. I know that you do that, but I'm just saying if someone was inspired, I'm, I'm they will. happy Thank you. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.